You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hey, you're listening to episode 122 of the Blended Family Podcast. Today, I'm bringing you an interview on the topic of parental alienation, which is honestly something I should have covered long ago. April 25th, which is the day after the show is airing, is actually Parental Alienation Awareness Day. So I hope this show sheds some light on the topic for those who aren't familiar. And for those who are, I hope it helps to add to what you already know. Coming up in the next month, I'm bringing you more interviews on toxic exes, mental health, and you'll hear from some of our own listeners. I might have mentioned that the month of May is actually Mental Health Awareness Month, and so that's why I'm covering all this for you. I've been receiving your emails, and so many are about your struggles in dealing with difficult exes or family members or exes who have mental health issues. So make sure you come back and listen every week if this speaks to you. Or better yet, just subscribe. That way you won't miss any of these episodes. If you're not already a member of the Facebook group, please join us over at blendedfamilypodcast.com slash group, where you are guaranteed to find others who are going through similar challenges and struggles as you are. It is a very supportive group, and I actually want to thank all of you that are in there for continuing to make it a place where people can come to get the support they need without feeling judged or shamed about it. No further announcements today. I really just want you to hear this interview. As always, feedback can be sent to me at melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Enjoy the interview. Today, joining me is Wendy Perry, formerly Wendy Archer. As an alienated parent and victim of family court corruption, Wendy became motivated to bring awareness and education about parental alienation out of the shadows. Her advocacy work has included coordinating and hosting the annual Parental Alienation Awareness Day event in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, and other large events such as the Parental Alienation Symposium, drawing attendees from around the world, hosting monthly support group and advocacy meetings, meeting with legislators in Washington, D.C. about family court reform, as well as doing TV, radio, and magazine interviews to raise awareness and education. The corruption in Wendy's family court case was so extreme that it was featured in the documentary Divorce Corp, having previously served on the board of directors for PAAO Canada and as a co-founder of PAAO USA, Wendy has most recently co-founded and serves as one of the officers for the nonprofit organization PAAO International. Wendy, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me today. That is quite a bio you have there, and actually probably one of the most difficult bios I ever read, <laughs> but um, it was really wonderful. I love what you're doing, and I've been doing this podcast for over two years, and you would think I'd have covered such a common topic as parental alienation before, but I haven't, and I definitely didn't know that there was a special day created to bring awareness to it that you founded or that there's an organization for it until I really started to dig in and do some research. So let's start there. Tell me about your organization and why it was created. Well, uh, the organization is uh, was actually founded by a lady named Sarvi Emo, and it was founded in 2005. 
and it was based in Canada. So it's been around for a while. And Sarvi also founded Parental Alienation Awareness Day. And Parental Alienation Awareness Day um, is an annual international event. It's every April 25th. And this year, April 25th, will actually be the 12th annual International Parental Alienation Awareness Day. So Sarvi did a lot of incredible things with uh, creating Parental Alienation Awareness Organization and Parental Alienation Awareness Day. And then in 2010, Sarvi added a ceremony called Bubbles of Love to the Parental Alienation Awareness Day event. And so many people on Parental Alienation Awareness Day, as part of that observance, they blow bubbles of love to represent that love should not be contained, just like bubbles can't be contained, mm. and that a love that the child has for both parents should flow freely, just like bubbles. So um, it all started, like I said, back in 2005. And now uh, PAAO is actually based here in the United States, but uh, we still have uh, a global outreach and uh, we communicate with people all around the world. And it is a global problem. Yeah, absolutely. And what was, where did your passion come from? Was it personal experience or what made you decide to get involved? It was personal experience. Um, unfortunately, I am an alienated mom. Mm. I've been alienated for about 10 years now. And I have three children, actually. And one of my children I've never been alienated from. I'm very close to them and always have been. Uh, one of my children I was totally completely alienated from, and we've reunified, um, but I still remain alienated from one of my other children. So I've been at every possible point in the journey of parental alienation, but I did have a very um, corrupt family court case that I went through, as you mentioned in the bio, and that lasted for about two years. And when that court case finally came to an end, I thought, this fight is not over for me. I still want to make a difference, but I wanted to do something positive. Going through that court battle was, as you can imagine, a very negative, uh, very draining experience. And I thought, you know, I, I need to stay involved in this, but I want to make a positive change. I want to try to help other people. And so uh, that really was my motivation for getting involved in parental alienation awareness. And uh, I actually started that journey and that advocate work by hosting a parental alienation awareness day event. So it's, it's a very special day for me because it's not only our annual awareness day, but it's an, it's an anniversary of sorts for me because that's where I really started on this um, advocate work. Well, I thank you for that. And it's really a wonderful thing when you can take your own painful experience and turn it into something where you can grow and help others. So I'm really glad that you're here today. Um, in your words, can you describe, you know, for people that don't know, what is parental alienation or PA for short? Sure. Um, and I wanted to tell you that I am so glad that you're having uh, me on today because parental alienation touches many blended families. And it's it's really important that we talk about parental alienation and how it affects blended families and step parents. And, you know, it's a hard subject to talk about, too. Um, 
especially because it's hard being a step parent. I am a step mom myself. And so I I understand how hard it is. So I I really want to thank you for having this subject on your show. Um, But to answer your question, um, I think the easiest explanation of parental alienation is that parental alienation is when one parent tries to damage or destroy the relationship that a child has with their other parent. And they do do this through a set of behaviors that we call alienating behaviors. And there are some newer terms for parental alienation that are becoming more and more common, and I think eventually will probably um, probably be used more than parental alienation. And those terms are family bond obstruction mm-hmm. and pathogenic parenting. And I think it's important to point those out because, as I said, they're getting used more and more. And so I think it's important for people to understand that it's the same thing. It's just newer terms for parental alienation. Okay, that's great. And on your website, you also describe parental alienation syndrome or PAS for short. And so can you explain the difference between those two? I can, and I'm I'm so glad that you asked that question also because there's a lot of confusion about that, and even a lot of people who are um, child abuse advocates and who focus on parental alienation they're they're not really sure about that. So I'm I'm really glad that you asked that question today. So um, the way I like to explain it is. This First of all, parental alienation and parental alienation syndrome um, are actually two entirely different things. And parental alienation is a form of abuse. So parental alienation is those alienating abusive actions that we touched on a moment ago. Now, a syndrome is a group of symptoms or a pattern of behaviors that consistently occur together under certain circumstances. So when a child is abused with parental alienation, they will all often display a certain group of symptoms or a pattern of behaviors. And the example that I like to give on this that usually helps people understand it better is domestic violence. So domestic violence is a form of abuse, and domestic violence can cause PTSD, post-traumatic mm-hmm. stress disorder, in its victims. So now, kind of convert that to parental alienation, if you will. So, domestic violence is abuse, and domestic violence can cause PTSD. Parental alienation is abuse, and parental alienation can cause parental alienation syndrome in its victims. So, one is the abuse, and the other is what you might see in the victims of that abuse. Does that, that make ma- sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense yeah. when you put it that way. So so with the um, syndrome, you're looking at uh, character traits displayed in the child, right? That's exactly right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, and then there was one other topic on your site that I wanted to address, and that is HAP or hostile aggressive parenting. And so can you explain what that is for us? Hostile aggressive parenting is really, actually, it's, it's an old term for parental alienation. That oh, okay. is, it's really the same. It's, it's a term that is sort of outdated and it's, it's not used very often anymore. And we need to update our website. Okay, so, good, frankly, good. Well, I, you know, 
Yeah, that's we're true. in the process of doing that. So, um, so that will be removed. But sometimes you do still see it used. So it's a really good question. Uh, so basically, it, it's the same as parental alienation. It's just um, it's a term that probably is not going to be used much longer. Uh, that's that's perfectly fine, and that does clarify it. And I'm sure for everybody too that might see it. Um, okay. So while I was looking over your website, uh, which for the listeners it's P A or I'm sorry P. Yeah, it is paawareness.com. Is that right? That's right. Okay. That's right. And I will link to it in the show notes. Uh, I noticed a link there that is titled Children's Letters, and you have pages and pages of letters from people who have been through this. Most of them are now adults, and they describe what life was like for them. And I encourage you all to go on there and read them. But there's one in particular I'd like to read today. And this person said... I'm sure I speak for all of us when I say that we truly empathize with parents' situation and probably from a wide variety of pers- perspectives. While I can't speak to physical abuse, I can speak as a child of PAS. Children are a lot more sophisticated than we often give them credit for. They know, at least emotionally, where they are safe, where they are not, and who they can trust. What they don't always know is how to make the not-safe situation better, so they rely naturally on the parents to tell them how. My mother, even 21 years after her divorce of my father, still crowns him as the greatest demon who ever lived. Hers was also to move the spotlight away from her own behavior and not take responsibility. And yes, there was even a time when I was cornered by social services and poor dad received a visit from them. At the time, I hadn't reported any abuse, but dad and I had been wrestling the night before. I fell off the chair and bruised my leg significantly. By the time I left the high school nurse's office, I was convinced that only a really bad man would have let that happen to me. In hindsight, I know that my mom has emotional problems too big for me to fix and too big for her to control. I still care for her and love her, but don't really take too much of what she says seriously. My dad and I still have a pretty close relationship to make a short story long, hang in there, stay strong for your children, and help remind them that they have specific talents and gifts that make them special, that make them worth any effort. And the reason I decided to read that letter, I liked that one, because it does show some hope that even if you are a parent who's being victimized, there is always a possibility of saving that relationship. And you know that perfectly, Wendy, because you did so yourself. And I know so much of your mission is focused around children and protecting them from this type of abuse. What can we do to help our children if they're being placed in this type of position? Well, I love that you chose that letter because when you listen to it, there's a whole lot of information in that letter that that sounds like now a young young adult gave. And a couple of things jump out at me when you read that letter is that that conflict that inner turmoil that the child is feeling and you can and you can even hear it to this day you know clearly they're saying i do love both parents you know but i'm conflicted you know i see their i see their weaknesses and i see their i see some fault and i do love them both still but it's you know it's such an impossible situation and that is the thing also is that it's when a child rejects one of the parents they're not rejecting that parent. That's just their coping skill to deal with parental alienation. Mm. And I think the letter makes a point of that as well. But um, to to answer your question, uh, how can we help children when they're dealing with this form of abuse? And if you're a parent and you realize that the other parent is trying to alienate your child from you, 
the first and most important thing is to not deviate from the custody schedule. And an alienating parent will ultimately almost always start trying to interfere with your parenting time and try to keep the child away from you. And you cannot let the other parent have any of your parenting time, and not because of you, but for your child, because your child needs that time with you. They desperately need that time, and they need time with both of you. So it's critical that you set that boundary with the other parent as soon as you start seeing attempts to interfere with your time or to take your time away entirely. Um, If you let that start, I can tell you that it will get harder and harder and harder. So you need to set that boundary as soon as you see that starting to happen. And it's It's also really important that you immediately start educating yourself about parental alienation. And when I say that, I mean getting real education about parental alienation from experts like Dr. Amy Baker and Dr. Craig Childress and Dr. Richard Warshak and actually study parental alienation so that you can learn exactly what parental alienation is and learn exactly what is being done to your child and learn how to act and react and interact. Being an alienated parent, you don't have the luxury of just going along and just, you know, just trying to do what you think you should do. You really literally have to learn about it and study about it. You have to understand what your child is going through and, and what they need from you. And then the another important really piece is educate others around you. Educate your friends, your family, your coworkers, um, your children's mm-hmm. teachers, any counselors that your children might see. Educating others around you is very important because if the parental alienation progresses, these other people will need to be able to understand it so they can help your child as well because they will they will become involved whether uh, you know you want them to be or not and and it's very very important for them to understand it as well. Well that's great and I'm glad you brought up Amy Baker because I did just do an interview with her and I think it's going to air after this one but she did talk a lot about that too on unfortunately that you have to change your parenting style and so and we'll talk about that in the show but um I know she has a lot to do. I actually found her on your website as well. So as I was looking through those letters, I also found letters from parents, and there are even more of those. And I know it's important to protect the children, but I also don't want to minimize the damage parental alienation does to a parent like yourself. So let me read this letter from a parent. She says, I have dealt with PAS for years, but did not realize what was going on until a few years ago. I have an ex-husband who became my daughter's pal rather than a father and had absolutely no rules. I found out that parent bashing was occurring each weekend that he had her for visitation. And by the time we figured out what was going on, it was too late. I've been a loving parent and have done everything I could think of to be a good mother. It didn't matter. She's 21 now. And after a brief reconciliation, her anger has resurfaced and we're not speaking to each other. I missed her wedding recently and things have happened that can never be repaired. The pain I feel is unbelievable and I don't ever see it getting better, maybe when she has kids of her own. Meanwhile, the bond between her and her father gets stronger, if that's possible. I feel like I've lost her and wish that there was some way for her to realize that her father, the one she trusts the most, is the one who caused this. It's like she's been brainwashed and I'm losing hope that this situation can ever be repaired. I really did believe that love would win out and that she would see that, but I was wrong. This is not the way I pictured life to be like when I had three little girls who I love unconditionally. My other two daughters have not been as affected since his focus throughout the years 
Sarah seemed to be her. He leaned on her, treated her as his best friend, and she fed off of it. It's like fighting a ghost that no one can see, but I know it's there. And um, that letter was very painful for me to read, and that's why I chose it. I mean, there's lots of letters in there, and it hurts reading something like that. And I haven't personally dealt with anything like this. I can't imagine the pain that a parent goes through, but I can feel it there, and it has to be so hard because we think— our children should just know what's right, but they're children and they are so easily manipulated. So what do you recommend a parent does if they're losing the relationship with their child? Well, I agree with you. It's so painful to hear. And I mean, you can hear the pain in that letter. And, you know, it's you've probably, when you were reading about the subject, you probably read some statements that it's like a death, but with no closure. And uh, how do you get, how, how do you deal with that? You know, how do you live without your child in your life? And how do you live with your child telling you, I hate you, I never want to see you, I never want to talk to you again, mm. when you were so close to them and you know that you didn't do anything wrong. But like that letter said, it is brainwashing and um, it they actually are in a cult and um Dr. Amy Baker, speaking of her, she does a lot of great education about that part of it, about the brainwashing and about the cult dynamics of parental alienation. And uh, to that parent's point who wrote the letter, it, it doesn't automatically stop when the child turns 18. Just like when someone's in a cult, they don't realize when they turn 18, oh my gosh, I'm in a cult. I got to get out of here. As long as they're under the control and manipulation of that alienator who acts like a cult leader, they will remain alienated. And so it is very, it is very painful to hear those letters. Um, to answer your question, what would I recommend that a parent does if they're losing the relationship with their child? I have to really go back to that education piece. I just can't stress enough how important it is to really study what to do in this situation. And if you study what to do and follow what you learn from the experts, like I mentioned, then hopefully you won't lose your relationship with your child. But no matter what, you have to do not give up. And as I said earlier, do not give up any of your parenting time, if at all possible. And don't stop reaching out to your child. Don't stop texting. Don't stop calling. And when you reach out to your child, show them nothing but unconditional love. And I know it's really hard, but when you reach out to them, you have to present a positive uh, image, a positive outlook. You know, don't call them crying and, and hysterical and saying, I miss you. And why are you doing this? And, you know, they don't, yeah. they're, they don't want to respond to that. Um, so you really have to educate yourself. And when you educate yourself and you can understand why your children are doing what they're doing, you feel empowered and you feel, I'm not going to say that it takes away the pain because it doesn't. But you have a better understanding of what is happening and why you have to keep showing them that unconditional love and not give up. And then also, if you're a parent in that position, self-care is really important. And when you're an alienated parent, it's hard to not think about it 24-7. But it's very important to take care of yourself and try to maintain your health and try to maintain a balance in your life. You know, hang out with supportive friends and eat healthy and rest and you know, do things you enjoy 
And it's good to find a counselor who understands parental alienation um, and or a support group. And there are quite a few support groups out there. So self-care is very, very important. You have to do that. And your child needs you to do that. I'm glad that you said that. That was actually right on the tip of my tongue. I was just about to ask you, what do you do about self-care? Because, you know, education is wonderful and it might tell you what to do, but you need to take care of yourself. And I know you did it and you've been there and it's so important to have a support group, whether it's family, friends, strangers in a group, it doesn't matter. Um, because this is some really painful stuff that people are going through and you cannot expect to do that alone. Um, now I, like I said, I've never suffered from PA or PAS, but that's not to say that things haven't been said in the past that maybe shouldn't have been said. Um, parents of divorce, especially when they fight, sometimes let things slip out, out of anger. So I want to know how does one differentiate between parental alienation and maybe, I don't know, some random gossip or talking behind someone's back. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean, and that is an awesome question. I have to tell you, I do a lot of interviews, and I don't think I have ever been asked that question. So I'm I'm really glad that you asked me that. Um, and the truth is, is that almost all people engage in some alienating behaviors when they're going through a hard divorce. And you know, people are not necessarily at their best behavior when when you're hurt or you're bitter or you're angry or, or fearful or jealous or you know just going through a, a crisis in your life. And during that hard time. People might make disparaging remarks or they might engage in some negative body language such as eye rolling or making loud sighs when the other parent's name is mentioned. Right. You know, but eventually people start to heal and they, they start to realize that they need to put the kids first and, and not make the children think badly of the other parent. So those are alienating behaviors during that time. But if those alienating behaviors start to diminish and that parent starts to be positive again, and, and they start to encourage um, the child's relationship with the other parent, then that situation, it's, it's probably not heading into full-blown parental alienation. Um, so that would fall under what you were talking about, you know, gossip, talking behind someone's back. And um, it, it is alienating behaviors if it is any way detectable by the child. Um, but sometimes... And, you know, sometimes people have a human weakness and they engage in a pattern of talking talking badly about the other parent, um, and they might not realize that what they're doing is hurting their child. And in that case, you know, it's really important that a friend or a family member have a heart-to-heart -heart talk with them about stopping this behavior. If they realize it's wrong and they stop, then, again, this is it's not going to turn into full-blown parental alienation, and they're going to feel, um, they're going to be really glad that their friend or family member talked to them about it, and, and their kids are going to, you know, forever thank them for that. But if someone continues with alienating behaviors, and again, this is a set of behaviors, it's not just one thing. But if they show that they're unwilling to stop these alienating behaviors and they're determined and, and unremorseful about damaging or destroying the child's relationship with the other parent, then, then that is parental alienation. Okay. And do you ever recommend, um, let's say you see this behavior starting to happen, do you ever recommend going, if you have you know somewhat of a relationship with your ex where you can discuss matters. Do you ever recommend going to your ex and having a conversation about it or does oh, that never go well? I I definitely recommend that. I I really do. And now if if you are full-blown alienated 
and it's very vicious, very malicious, and it's very intentional, you're probably not going to have any success in trying to talk to the other parent. Right. Um, But especially if it's like I said, kind of in those early stages where you're you're both very unhappy with each other and you know you're not feeling good about each other and and you're in a bad place in life, so you're starting to make disparaging remarks, maybe you're saying some sarcastic things and um, I think that you should definitely stop and talk to the other parent and you know maybe give them an easy out. You know, maybe don't, don't, don't go after them and say, you're doing this and you need to stop. Don't put them on the defense because nobody responds well to that. Go to them and say, you know, I heard about this and, and I feel like maybe we're both doing this a little bit, mm. you know, and, and we need to stop and, and talk to them about why you need to stop and make a, make a co-parenting plan that, and part of that plan is we're not going to do this. We're not going to disparage each other. We're not going to um, say things or do things that imply that the other parent is not worthy of love and respect. We're not going to interfere in each other's parenting time. So I, I think that is a fabulous idea. I would love to see uh, more of that. I, I Actually, I believe that when uh, people get a divorce, I think that that should be a mandatory part of getting a divorce is to have that discussion and make that co-parenting plan at that point. So yes, I love that idea. I think I think if you're at that stage, you should definitely talk to the other parent and say, you know, we need to do this because we both love our child and we want them to be happy and healthy. I love that. I wish that did happen more often. You know, when I got divorced, it was like, you need to take this online parenting course or divorce course, whatever it was. And um, it really didn't do much. It was kind of a joke and it wasn't together. You didn't have to sit together and you definitely didn't come up with a co-parenting plan. And so I definitely wish that was implemented more often. So Wendy, I have parents listening who need help right now. What is the first step that they should take if they think they are being alienated from their child or children? Well, again, I think the first step if you see signs that your child is being alienated from you, is to make a commitment that you will not give up any of your child's time with you no matter what. Mm-hmm. No matter what the alienating parent says or does, no matter what the child says or does, and they will say and do all kinds of things, and they will pressure you like you have never been pressured before. But you have to make a commitment to stay strong and to not give up that time no matter how hard it gets. Um, and, and it is hard. But you you have got to stick to that. You've got to be strong and you've got to stay committed to that. The next thing is, again, educate yourself as much as possible and as quickly as possible about parental alienation so that you can better understand it and you're better equipped to handle it. Um, Read books, watch videos, um, study the websites of experts like we mentioned before, like Dr. Baker and and Dr. Childress and Dr. Warshak. And again, find a support group or, or start a support group. If there's not a support group in your area, you know, this is everywhere. And if you start a support group, people will come. So find a support group or if, if there isn't one in your area and you would like to, then start a support group. And, and I want to say something about support groups too. You know, that saying, misery loves company, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it does. But I, I encourage you to find a support group that is doing some positive things so that you can feel hopeful and, and positive, even though you're going through this 
horrible situation um, because you want to be a part of a group who um, is realistic and and you do get to share your feelings and share your emotions and uh, and show how hurt and sad you are but also be a part of a group that is got some positive things going on for it because that's that's really going to help you a lot and we have that here and I just can't say enough about what a, a great experience that has been for all of our parents that come to our support groups. Well, that's a really good point. You know, just because it's a support group doesn't mean it's the right fit for you. And um, my entire show and my audience knows that I am very much about positivity. So uh, I definitely agree with you there. And for everyone listening today, what can we all do to support your cause? How can we get involved? I would say the the easiest and most important way to get involved is to simply help us educate people about parental alienation and and to talk about it. You know, if you know of a family in your community that's dealing with parental alienation, reach out and try to help that alienated parent. Um, And, you know, what occurred to me years ago when I decided I wanted to do this was that we talk about all forms of abuse in our society. This is the only form of abuse that we don't talk about, and we need to do that. We need to talk about it. We need to stand up and say, this is wrong, and uh, we need to um, not help a parent alienate a child from the other parent, and you'll see that a lot. Um, You'll actually see a parent who is uh, very actively um, discouraging the child, and they might even ask you to help them. You know, they might say things like, you know, that other parent's crazy. You got to help me keep my kid away from them. And and you need to say no. No, I, I know that kids naturally love and they need both parents in their life. So I'm, 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 so I'm not going to help you do that. Um, so, you know, it's really important. Like I said, this is the only form of abuse that we don't talk about openly and that people, um, they shy away from standing up about it. And, and that's, I think that's the easiest and most important way that, that people can help. Yeah. And this, this type of abuse is extremely damaging. When you abuse a child, that child grows up to have problems as an adult. And so I definitely think there needs to be a lot more awareness. I also saw on your website that you have something about um, joining as a free member. Can you tell me about that? Uh, yeah, definitely. So we... Um, like I said, we are in the process of updating our website, okay. but um, we do have a, a area where you can contact us. And um, like most uh, organizations and groups now, I, I think probably our main uh, contact is through social media. And so um, our social media is mostly through Facebook, and it is actually updated. So um, I wanted to tell your listeners that uh, we our main Facebook page is Parental Alienation Awareness Organization-PAAO. And then we have another group that is Parental Alienation Awareness Organization International, North Texas. And it sounds local, but we actually have members from all around the world. And it's a very active and very supportive group. So I encourage your listeners to to find both of those groups on Facebook. And I, I do know that it's, it's a mouthful to say Parental Alienation Awareness Organization. So if they want to, you know, find me on Facebook and send me a Facebook message, then I can help them. Um, get connected to those um, social media groups. Well, that's perfect. And um, I will link to both of those in the show notes as well. 
And listeners, you really want to check out the website, paawareness.com, for tons of valuable information on the subject of parental alienation. You can donate. You can become a member. You can learn more information about it. Get yourself educated. Like Wendy says, if you're not personally involved, you most likely know someone who is. So if so, please share this show with them and send them over to Wendy's site so they can gather more information. And Wendy, before we go today, I'd love to give you a chance to offer anything that I missed or offer any last words of advice? Well, thank you again for having me today. Like I said earlier, parental alienation affects a lot of blended families, and it's really important that we talk about it in, in bland, uh, blended family forums like this. So I'm, I'm really, really grateful that you did this show today. Um, my last words of advice uh, would be for parents to always remember that your children are half you and half the other parent, and it's who your children are, and it's essential to their health and well-being that you love all of who they are. So don't make them feel like you hate the other parent because if you do, you're telling your child that you hate half of them. And don't try to erase the other parent and and don't try to replace the other parent with a new spouse or a, you know a new girlfriend or new boyfriend and and even if you don't love the other parent anymore, your child does and they always will love that other parent and they'll always need a relationship with that other parent. And if you and don't let them love and have a relationship with that other parent. You're hurting your child in the deepest and worst way. So my last words of advice for people in, in general is to talk about parental alienation and stand up against it publicly and just help us bring this horrible form of abuse out of the shadows so we can make a change in society to end parental alienation. And I always say it can happen to anyone, so it should matter to everyone, and, and that's really true. So I just ask your listeners to to realize that and and to join us in raising awareness and education about parental alienation because children's lives literally depend on it. It is that serious. Absolutely, and that is wonderful advice. I really appreciate you coming on the show today. You are doing such meaningful work, and I can speak on behalf of many of my listeners who really need a place to turn. So thank you, Wendy, for creating that space or for helping to create that space. And uh, listeners, once again, the website you want to go to is paawareness.com. There is so much information on there, so I really encourage you to check it out. Feedback can be sent to me at melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com and continue the conversation over in our private Facebook group at blendedfamilypodcast.com forward slash group where you will find other parents who are in the same situation as you. That is what the group is for so that you can connect with others so you know you are not alone. I hope to see you there. As always, thank you for listening and have a fantastic week. Bye. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.